Hi guys, welcome back to Two Sisters and a TV. Just wanted to um, really take the time to focus today's episode on a video that I ran across on YouTube. I am always goofing up on YouTube. And the really thing I like about it the most is that I will have my mind on one particular search searching a certain uh, musical artist or a song or a TV show or a documentary. And then I'll see another video over on the side. And I wasn't even thinking about that particular person or a TV show or song. And I'll click on that and it, it reminds me, it opens up a brand new experience for me altogether. So that happened the other night. I was looking up, I do not remember, I think I was watching Rhoda because I've been watching Rhoda again lately on YouTube. They don't have all the episodes, unfortunately, but they have enough where you can get a feel of the show. And Rhoda will be probably the next TV show that I do an episode about. But I want to watch a few more episodes before I actually do that because it's been a long time since I've watched it. So I'm still getting re-familiar and reacquainted with it. But I saw a documentary about Bill Bixby. It was his E! True Hollywood story, which was done back in 1999. I remember watching it when it made its debut on E! And so that took me back, of course, to all of the TV work that he did. The Court Brevetti's father, my favorite Martian. Of course, he also uh, had an appearance on the Andy Griffith show in the second season. I saw that probably last week. But the TV show that reminds me most of Bill Bixby is The Incredible Hulk, which was a Friday night staple in the late 70s and early 80s. Now, The Incredible Hulk, of course, was based off of the comic, which had been around for quite some time. And the rights were acquired by Kenneth Johnson, who also produced The Bionic Woman, to do a TV show about The Incredible Hulk, which Kenneth Johnson initially passed on because he didn't want to go into the world of TV comics. He didn't want to do another Superman. He didn't want to do another Batman. But then he got to thinking that he could do The Incredible Hulk with a different kind of spin. He could do it where it would be more realistic, be taken more seriously and not be campy. Now, of course, I'm not putting down Superman or Batman, so I just want to get that clear, uh, cleared up. I like both of those shows enormously, but I'm just saying that that was what was in Kenneth Johnson's mind at the time. So his first choice, now I heard somewhere, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that Larry Hagman was the initial choice to portray David Banner, which I can't picture that. I just, I can't see Larry Hagman doing the Hulk outs and being that vulnerable of a character because the character of David Banner was very vulnerable. He was a lot like Dr. Richard Kimball on The Fugitive. As a matter of fact, the two shows are very similar. Uh, There have been claims that The Incredible Hulk got a lot of its style, if you will, from The Fugitive. And we'll get off into more of that later. But um, I don't know, again, if that's true or if it is not. But I think that Larry Hagman was born to be over on Dallas, which debuted the same year as The Incredible Hulk did. But... uh, Bill Bixby was Kenneth Johnson's choice to portray Dr. David Banner. Initially, Bill Bixby also declined and passed 
on the project. But after he and Kenneth Johnson spoke and they realized, he realized that they were on the same page, then he agreed to do the show. And I think that Bill Bixby was the perfect choice to be Dr. David Banner because he had that vulnerability. He had all of the tools needed to really be able to pull that character off. He was your typical looking guy. He was handsome, of course. He was very intelligent. He was very likable. He had a very likable persona on camera. Bill Bixby did. He's just someone that you just liked to watch. And, you know, he was the one to portray the tormented Dr. Banner. Dr. Banner, of course, had this terrible secret, this dark secret. And, you know, he was hiding that while at the same time trying to live a normal life. So he was really the perfect choice for, for the part. So filming began in 1977, I believe in uh, the spring, they began to film the pilot of The Incredible Hulk. And the pilot, of course, is brilliant. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's like a movie. It's two hours in length, and it just shows the backstory of Dr. Banner before he started to become the Hulk. It shows how his wife, Laura, was killed in a car accident, how he was tormented by the fact that he could not save her. And it shows exactly how he overdosed on gamma radiation, and that led to him morphing into the Hulk. So it's a really good pilot, one of the best I've ever seen. It's a great way to get familiar with the show and to get the backstory to it all. The pilot originally debuted in November 1977, and it was very well received. The ratings were very, very good. So good that they decided to do another movie-type Incredible Hulk episode that I believe February of 19th, no, I think this was December of 77. I can't remember the exact date, but they did another similar two-hour episode of the Incredible Hulk. This one was called uh, Death in the Family. It just showed the, you know, David Banner, again, trying to live a normal life, and he ends up, you know in another situation and it shows you know the the backstory of how he is involved with uh this rich girl who thinks that she can't walk but she really can she's being duped by her stepmother duped by her doctor they're in cahoots together and you know david banner gets involved in this entangled in the whole situation and as a result you know, you get to see lots of Hulk outs. It's a really good episode, Death in the Family. And after that particular two-hour uh, episode aired, and again, the ratings were very good, CBS decided to turn it into a full weekly series. And that series made its debut in March of 1978. Now, I was late, a little bit late in discovering The Incredible Hulk. I missed both of the movies when they originally aired, the pilot and then the movie that followed. I missed the first couple of episodes. I ran across it by accident. Um, one Friday night, I was channel surfing, and I ran halfway into an episode. The episode I ran into was 747, which, of course, is my favorite episode still. It's uh, where David Banner is taking a flight. He's trying to go and find some kind of a cure for his Hulkism, if you will. And um, he ends up, you know, running. There's some crooks aboard who are trying to hijack the plane. He gets caught up in that. Um, 
also his TV son from the court Vetti's father was on in that episode. Can't remember his name, which is terrible because he's a Facebook friend of mine. Brandon, I, can't, I cannot think of his name. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. But anyway, he was in the episode as well. And so there's a classic Hulk out of David Banner. Uh, he's trying to land the plane because there's no one to land the plane. And so, you know, he goes and tries to help land it and he gets frustrated and begins. To, he has a very, very slow, very detailed Hulk out. And it's, it still holds it very well today in my opinion. Um, and so when I first ran across the episode, I thought it was just like a TV movie or something. One of those, you know, there were a lot of TV movies about airplanes back in the seventies. And I thought it was one of those. Something like airport, you know, when they, one of the airport type movies or something like that. But when I saw his eyes turn white and he began to change, slowly change into this huge green creature, I was like, what? kind of tv show is this and you know i was hooked from that night on i was hooked the incredible hulk was one of my favorite tv shows as a child growing up from that episode i watched it every friday night and if you are um you know around my age you definitely know about those friday nights with the incredible hulk the dukes of hazard and dallas that was stellar, a uh, stellar classic lineup on CBS. Now that lineup wasn't always the case though. Now I remember it being Wonder Woman in its last season, then The Incredible Hulk, and then Flying High, which was a short-lived TV show with these three really pretty stewardesses and their adventures, um, you know, and, uh, you know, of, of, you know, different people on the plane and their personal lives. It was kind of like Charlie's Angels. You could tell that that was their inspiration because you had two pretty brunettes and a pretty blonde i loved flying high but unfortunately it didn't last very long it lasted less than a season but that was the original lineup and then later on you had the dukes of hazard come aboard and then dallas so it was again it was all classic tv watching and i loved it i loved watching those friday nights on cbs as a kid so anyway, The Incredible Hulk uh, went on hiatus for the summer, came back in the fall, 1978, September 22nd, I believe was the date that it came back. It came back with a, another amazing two-hour episode, movie-like episode called Married. Married was um, where Dr. David Banner actually remarries. He remarries a terminally ill doctor um, that he meets in Hawaii. Um her name was Caroline. I can't remember her last name. I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank on so many names today, but, uh, Dr. Caroline Fields, that's it. And, um, so they, of course she was played by Marriott Hartley who went on to win an Emmy for her performance in the episode. And she was fantastic in that episode. They had a great chemistry, Bill Bixby and Marriott Hartley. They were wonderful together. And I remember watching that episode as a seven-year-old and I was just so, I mean, deeply moved by it. I thought about that episode for weeks on end. It was so powerfully written and directed and acted. It was just absolutely astounding. I still, I don't watch Married very often, but when I do, I have the exact same feeling that I did when I was um, seven years old. It was a powerful, powerful episode. So, um, 
Yeah, and then of course, as you know, the season went on. You have Doctor Doctor David Banner, and he goes like the Fugitive. He went from town to town. The difference between the Fugitive and the Incredible Hulk is that in the Fugitive, Doctor Kimball used different aliases. He'd be Jim Stevens or Doug Brown or Bob Collins, but in the Incredible Hulk, he was always David, David Brown, David Burnett, David. Stevens, David Thompson. They usually stuck him with B names for last names, though, most of the time. Like David Burns and David Bruno and and, and David Bennett. So they tried to usually keep the the D, B there. But there were times when he would go off and he'd have another type of last name, David Newman or something like that. But that was a difference between the two shows. Another similarity between the two is that they were both being pursued doggedly by an outside source. On The Fugitive, of course, Dr. Kim was being pursued by uh, Lieutenant Philip Gerard. He was the lieutenant who was very much involved in the Kimmel case from the beginning when they were in the uh, train accident. Kimmel was going back to uh, be, you know, put to death. But, and of course, Gerard was the one who was taking him back and Gerard let him escape, he figured, because they were in this train crash, the train derailed and Kimball escaped. So Gerard felt responsible for that. So, and of course, we will definitely do an episode on The Fugitive. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, in The Incredible Hulk, you had uh, the crazy investigative reporter, Jack McGee, played by Jack Colvin. He was doggedly pursuing the Hulk. And, you know, he was following the Hulk from town to town, just like Gerard was on The Fugitive. He was going everywhere. Oh, he, if he heard a Hulk sighting was in New York, he was in New York. If Hulk sighting was in Detroit, he was in Detroit. If a Hulk sighting was in Texas, he was in Texas. He was going all across the country because he wanted to really get this big Hulk story that would make his career. So, again, very similar situations there. And so that was basically how the Incredible Hulk went. He would, David Banner would end up in a new town. He'd have a new job. He liked Dr. Kim and worked all kinds of jobs. He did, he was a cab driver. He was a cook, bartender, maintenance man, all kinds of jobs. Mechanic, he did a little bit of everything, just like Dr. Kimball did on The Fugitive. And he would meet people and they would, you know, he'd become friendly with them and he they get involved in, you know, he would get involved in their lives. And, you know, it was, and of course, he'd have to leave once he would have one too many uh, Hulk outs, he would always leave. And, of course, they would play the lonely man theme at the end when you would see him hitchhiking on the road, trying to find a cure and trying to find a new city to go to and trying to have some some form of a normal life. So The Incredible Hulk touched me deeply growing up. It has a special place in my heart of all the TV shows that I grew up with. I grew up with a lot of TV shows. And if you stick with me on this podcast, you'll find out more and more of the shows I did grow up with. Now, there were TV shows I never did watch back in those days. But I think I watched 90% of what was on TV in the 70s and 80s. So anyway, The Incredible Hall continued to do well. And then through it all, Bill Bixby's private life, he stayed dedicated to the show. He didn't let his private tragedies interfere with his work. He and his wife, Brenda Bennett, who was also an actress, divorced. That divorce 
began, I believe she filed in 1979, and they were having a horrible custody battle over their little son, Christopher, who was born in 1974. Then in 1981, unfortunately, little Christopher went skiing with his mother, and he developed a rare reaction I believe it was to the weather and he ended up having a sore throat and then he could not breathe. She took him to the hospital and long story short, the little boy, they gave him a tracheotomy, which they, I believe he was misdiagnosed in that regard. And he went into, he went into cardiac arrest and he passed away. He was only six years old. That was Bill Bixby's only child. And of course, um, you know, he was very angry with Brenda, very angry with the doctors, the hospital, angry with himself. That took an enormous toll on him. And the following year, in 1982, that March, Brenda committed suicide. She could not escape the guilt of what happened to their son. So there was a lot of tragedy going on in Bill Bixby's life behind the scenes during the Incredible Hulk years. You... Um, you know, his matter of fact, his uh, wife, uh, well, they were in the middle of their divorce at the time. Brenda appeared in an episode of The Incredible Hulk. I believe it was season four called The Psychic. So the reason why they did that, he invited her to do the show, an episode, because they wanted to be, have some kind of an, you know, some kind of a uh, decent relationship for the sake of their son. Because they were really at odds and battling back and forth about custody. And so they were not in a good place. And they decided that they wanted to be on good terms for his sake. That's why she did the episode and he invited her on to do it. And unfortunately, you know, like I said, all of this happened with Christopher and her taking her own life just a very, very short time later. So uh, The Incredible Hulk, like I said, was you know, still a steady Friday night fixture. And then for some reason, CBS decided to move it to Wednesday nights because Falcon Crest made its debut in the fall of 1981. They decided to move Dallas up an hour and place Falcon Crest after Dallas. And they put the Incredible Hulk on Wednesday nights. And of course I followed it uh, over to Wednesday nights. It was not quite the same though, because there's this, there was just something on Friday night. You didn't have to go to school the next day. Friday Night and the, and the Incredible Hulk were just synonymous. And it just was not the same on Wednesday nights. So anyway, of course, you know, you continued on with, you know, the episodes and the Hulk outs and Jack McGee. And uh, then in 1982, CBS abruptly canceled the show. They got a new president, the network did, and he just decided to give it the axe. Unfortunately, that meant that there was no closure. There was no conclusion. Unlike with The Fugitive, which did have a conclusion. And, you know, that was an uphill battle too. And I'll talk about that when we do that episode. But we did get to see Dr. Campbell exonerated and what happened. But with Incredible Hulk, there was nothing resolved. Dr. Banner still didn't have a cure. He was still moving from town to town to town. And, uh, you know, you wondered, well, what happened to him? So in 1988, they decided to, Bill Bixby decided to do a reunion movie of sorts titled The Return of the Incredible Hulk. It was on NBC. Now, considering the fact that I was a huge fan of the show and I had a huge crush on Bill Bixby, 
I do not know why I didn't watch that reunion movie. I knew it was on. I think that I was I was in high school at the time. I was about 17. And I think at that time, I really wasn't looking back at any of the TV shows that I grew up with. I was kind of busy with high school and thinking about college and really focusing on, what the, t- on the TV shows that run in the present day. And I just wasn't doing a lot of looking back I when it came to the TV shows I grew up with. Now, I, would, I watched reunions for, you know, Leave it to Beaver, The Brady Bunch, TV shows before my time. When it came to the TV shows I grew up with, I didn't watch any of the reunions that they ever did. I didn't start doing that until the 90s. So that was kind of weird on my part. But uh, so I didn't watch. There were three reunion movies. There was The Return of the Incredible Hulk. The Trial of the Incredible Hulk and The Death of the Incredible Hulk. I didn't watch either of the three. I haven't watched the first two yet. I did watch The Death of the Incredible Hulk some years ago and the ending, of course, broke my heart because, of course, in the ending, The Incredible Hulk is shot and David Banner dies and it was it was just so sad. So very, very sad. The first movie... Um, picked up where the series left off six years earlier. The second movie, from what I understand, because David Banner, or the Incredible Hulk, David Banner was presumed to be dead. In the pilot episode, uh, his co-worker, uh, colleague, and also friend, Dr. Elena Marks, who was portrayed by Susan Sullivan, who later went on to do Falcon Crest, was killed in a lap fire that Jack McGee accidentally started. Well, everyone thought that not only did she die, but so did David Banner. And of course, David Banner let everyone thought think that he was dead because he was, you know, trying to find a cure, you know, for, you know, his Hulkism. So the Hulk was accused, the creature was accused of murdering both Dr. Marks and Dr. Banner. So that's where the trial of the Incredible Hulk comes in. Again, I haven't seen it. I don't know how it all turned out, but, um, you know, I'm overdue to watch both of those. Now, one thing that I don't understand, now, Bill Bixby produced, directed, and starred in all three movies. Lou Ferrigno was back. Of course, Lou Ferrigno became a household name because he was the Hulk. He did a great job of it, by the way. There was a, uh, another Hulk, though, before Lou Ferrigno took over. Um, I cannot think of his name. Richard Keel. Really tall, tall actor, character actor was the first Hulk. But I believe the network wanted him replaced because he was too tall. Because he was like close to seven feet. So they wanted someone not as tall, but someone who was really bulky. So Lou Ferrigno tried out for the part and he got it. I think they were looking at Arnold Schwarzenegger, but they went with Lou Ferrigno. So Lou Ferrigno was back. But Jack Colvin, who played Jack McGee, was back for the first movie, but he wasn't back for the other three. Now, I do understand that Jack Colvin had had a stroke and he'd moved to Canada and was living a pretty quiet life away from entertainment, but I don't even know if they asked him back for the second two movies or not. Um, I don't. I, I'm not sure about that. If he was asked back and he declined or if he was, I don't think he was asked back at all from what I understand, which I, I don't understand that. That's like ending The Fugitive without Gerard being there. How can you do these movies and not have Jack McGee snooping around? It just, it didn't add up. It didn't make sense. 
And that's one reason why I have not been really that enthused about trying to follow these movies. The first movie sounds like it's probably pretty good. But the second one, it's like, how can you have the Trial of the Incredible Hulk and Jack McGee, who started the fire in the first place, and has been running after the Hulk for years, how can you not have him there? I don't, again, that's a mystery to me. So that, I don't understand. But anyway, there was going to be a fourth Hulk movie, despite the fact that David Banner dies and the Hulk is killed. Bill Bixby was going to do a fourth movie. He was going to, he had some ideas in his head of what he was going to do in regard to the Hulk and he was going to bring David Banner and the Hulk back in some kind of way. But unfortunately, he fell ill and he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And unfortunately, his the cancer that he, that he had was incurable. Bill Bixby had... Uh, Waited too long to go with the doctor. Waited too long to get him. Because you're supposed to, if you're a man, you're supposed to be having prostate exams at least once a year. He had not been following up on that. So his good friend Dick Martin from Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In kept encouraging him to go to the doctor. Because he's having a really, really sharp, unbearable pain in his hip. So he finally went. And by that time, the cancer was, it was so out of control that there was nothing they could do for him. So he, of course, went on, despite the fact that he was ill, he kept working. Bill Bixby was a very uh, determined man. He was very energetic. He loved what he did. He loved acting. He loved directing. He loved being in entertainment. So he became the director of Blossom. And I remember seeing, you know, Bill Bixby, directed by Bill Bixby, because I was also, you know, watching Blossom in those days. And I loved just seeing the episodes that he directed, knowing that he directed this. I I loved that. So he directed Blossom as long as he could. And it got to the point where he honestly could not direct anymore. He became just too ill. So six days after he left the set of Blossom, he passed away at home with his third wife by his side. And he was 59 years old. And I remember I followed Bill Bixby says, by the early 90s, I began to get really nostalgic for childhood TV shows. I discovered Charlie's Angels again, The White Shadow, The Dukes of Hazard, and I introduced these TV shows to my sister. She'd never seen any of them before, and she fell in love with all of them. She, she was watching, of course, the regular shows of the day, like Saved by the Bell and Full House and 90210 and all that, but she fell in love with the TV shows I grew up with. It was a great joy to be able to share those with her. So I was, I had gotten nostalgic by that point, by 1993, I was really in nostalgia mode. So I was following, you know, Bill Bixby, his health situation very closely. And when he passed, he passed November 21st, 1993, just a few days before Thanksgiving, I was devastated. That was the first celebrity death that I actually took that hard. It was a very personal death to me. I was, I can't describe what that did to me personally. I remember when I found out how ill he was and that he didn't have much longer to live, I secretly sent him a, um, a card. I didn't tell anyone that I did it. I didn't tell anyone until after he had passed that I sent him a card. And because um, he just... He just touched my heart. There's something about Bill Bixby and the Incredible Hulk that just really touched me. 
And I was just, like I said, when he passed, I was absolutely heartbroken. I mourned him deeply for weeks. Now, I've seen a lot of celebrities pass. A lot of celebrities that I like a lot have passed. But there are some passing, uh, some of those who have passed on, their passings really hit me hard. His was the first. Really, really, really hit hard. Um, <clears throat> and, of course, his TV, Brandon Cruz, that's the name of his TV son. Brandon Cruz, I got it. He, it's a shame to be able to say this, but Bill Bixby does not have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is unbelievable to me. So his son, TV's TV son, Brandon Cruz, they stayed friends for the rest of Bill's life. Um, has a, uh, he's trying to uh, raise money for a star for, for Bill Bixby. Still hasn't happened yet because you have to go through all of these channels. You have to pay a certain amount of money. It's a lot of hassle, to be honest with you. I didn't know just what was involved in it until I found out about um, Brandon's efforts. But uh, there's still no star. There's still not enough money being raised. So, um, you know, if you would like to contribute, just look it up, Google it, and you can make a contribution. And hopefully sooner or later we can get that star for him because he definitely deserves it. Because not only was he great in The Incredible Hulk, but he was great in The Magician. He was wonderful, like I said, in The Courtship of Eddie's Father as Tom Corbett. He was wonderful in My Favorite Martian, which is going to start back up on Antenna TV, I found out, in March, I believe, next month. Now, I haven't seen that show in a long time. But that, too, is a funny show. So if you want to check that out, just Google Antenna or go to their website and you can find out when it's going to start. They'll probably start with a marathon. They usually start off a brand new show with, with a marathon of the show. And then, they'll, you know, of course, then it'll join the, you know, regular lineup. But that's going to be nice to see because I haven't seen that show in a, well, I think since the 90s. So that's going to be a lot of fun to be able to watch, too. But, uh, yeah, and as for The Incredible Hulk, the entire season series is available on DVD. There is a really great book about the history of the show that is available on Amazon. You can, you know, look for that. It's pretty, it's kind of pricey, but it's worth it. Can't think of the exact title, but Lou Ferrigno did the foreword to it. So you might want to check that out. Um, the individual uh, seasons are, of course, available on DVD. And if uh, there's some really great, uh, you know, documentaries on the Incredible Hulk that are on YouTube and also Bill Bixby documentaries like the one I watched the other night. Speaking of the Incredible Hulk, there have been, I believe, three movies made about the Incredible Hulk, three feature films. I haven't seen either of the movies, but I've heard that the one that starred Ed Norton is the best one because they gave a lot of tributes throughout to Bill Bixby. Like, for example, I believe there's a scene where the... Or, Bruce Banner, this is his name in the movies is Bruce Banner, which was the original character's name, Bruce Banner in the comics. They switched it to David Banner in the TV show because they wanted to get away from the comic uh, as much as possible. So they wanted to just change the name so people wouldn't immediately think about the comic book and they would see the show as an individual thing away from the comics they wanted to kind of differentiate a little bit but Bruce Banner in the movie does lots of there are lots of um like I said throwbacks to the original show and to Bill Bixby in particular if I'm not mistaken this is what I heard or read that Ed Norton as Bruce Banner is watching TV in an episode, I believe, of The Courtship of Eddie's Father is on. And of course, you still be, you see Bill Bixby on the TV screen. So I think that was wonderful, marvelous that they did that. 
Now, Jack Colvin passed away in 2005. Luferigno, of course, is still out there, you know, doing, living his life. And he's still, you know, um, hits the comic circuit. He does autograph shows and things like that. Um, I am not sure if he was in any of the movies or not. That I don't remember. If he made any cameos in either of the three, you know, movies or not, I'm not sure. But yeah, I just wanted to take some time to, you know, remember the Incredible Hulk and certainly remember Bill Bixby, who I loved so much as a child and who I'm still very fond of today. Um, But uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up. Unfortunately, I don't think any cable channels are carrying the Incredible Hulk right now. Um, Me was carrying it for a while. And then, of course, at one point, Sci-Fi was carrying it, but I don't think anyone's carrying it now. Hopefully that'll change because it'd be great to have that back on. Um, but, uh, for, for now we'll just have to enjoy my favorite Martian, you know? So that'll be, like I said, a lot of fun to, to check out again too, but there are not a lot of episodes of the Incredible Hulk on, on YouTube. Um, there are some, but I don't think that it's an overabundance, but if you want to look around and see if there's anything over there, you can definitely hear the theme song. That's for sure. So that's over there. I heard that not too long ago. That theme is, you know, uh, you can't forget that Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. You know, that that's something that, you know, that's unforgettable. So anyway, uh, I think it's going to wrap it up for this episode, Two Sisters in a TV. I'll be back next time. As Like I said, we talk about Rhoda. And I look forward to sharing that with you all. And until then, see you next time.